Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hello, folks. I'm Matt here to help you on your journey to financial independence. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about four questions about saving for retirement that you've got to answer. I mean, these are important questions about investing and saving for retirement that I truly believe if you can at least get these on paper, like get your answers on paper and just develop them over time, you'll become a better saver, a better investor, and you'll have that retirement bucket filled up for yourself, for your loved ones, for you uh, when you get ready to retire, whenever that age is, or if it's early retirement even. So let's get into the first question. The first question is, why should you even save and invest, right? Like, why do this anyways? And what I would say is it's the smartest thing you can do with your money to help you secure your financial future and the future of your family or those you care about, even if it's just yourself, it's about securing the future of your, you know, your financial future to make sure that you have enough money to live off in the future. You don't want to be, you know, looking at yourself in the, at the age of 50, 60, 70, trying to get back to work, or if, if you know, just have to worry, not worry about where your next paycheck is going to come, or how you're going to pay your rent, or how you're going to pay property taxes. Hopefully, you'll have a paid off home by then. But at that age, you don't want to be worrying about money. And I want money to be one of, if not the very, very last thing on your mind, just something that you don't even have to concern yourself with, like saving and investing, especially in tax advantage retirement accounts, opens doors that you would otherwise not have been able to open on your own income. So you will... At the end, you know, you'll look back and you'll realize like you worked way too hard to not have anything to show for it at the end of your career, at the end of your work work period, or your work time. So you've got to, this is why you've got to save and invest because it is the smartest thing that you're going to be able to do with your money over the next 15, 20, 30, 40 plus years. Number two, where do I invest? In one way or another, everyone should have access to some kind of retirement savings plan, right? If you work, you have access to a retirement savings plan, whether it's an IRA, like a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, or you may have access to a 401k, a SEP IRA, a solo 401k for entrepreneurs, a 403b, 457b, a simple IRA, so many different tax advantaged accounts, right? And once you go through and you fill those tax advantage accounts with good low-cost broad-based index funds, just the the kind of investments I personally like, then you can start to actually invest in taxable accounts because you're going to need to, you know, put money into these taxable accounts as well, right? You want to have low cost, less tax, you know, tax favorable investments in those taxable accounts so you don't get charged so much, you know, so much capital gains and all that other stuff. So the key is to have retirement savings plans that you can max out as as much as you can, right? And then supplement those investment accounts with accounts with a taxable account that you can get at Charles Schwab, Vanguard, Fidelity, any of these like brokerage firms, right? So personally, I'm going after 401ks and IRAs first, making sure that I max out the yearly contribution limits if I can. And then after that, I'll look at my taxable account to start putting a little bit of money in there, right? Like it might be a couple hundred dollars per month and then start building it up, building it up each month after that. So that's where I would invest my 
my money, at least, you know, as I'm getting more and more in, into the whole saving and investing space, because we have other assets out there, other asset classes. So you may want to have some physical properties, real estate that you may be interested in buying. Um, you may be interested in cryptocurrencies. You may be interested in trading, like day trading. These are different investments that you can look into. So this question of where do you invest in really boils down to the different accounts that's available to you. And one account that I failed to mention is HSA Health Savings Accounts. Those are great investment accounts, especially for young people who are in good health, who can have an HSA, who can start to build up their funds in an HSA. And the great thing about HSAs, if you never use it for medical purposes, and let's say by the time you get to the age of 65, it actually becomes like a 401k where you can withdraw the money without any penalties and use it for whatever you want. You would just pay the taxes on the on what you take out. So that's a big benefit to having an HSA. Of course, the main benefit is to be able to pay for your medical expenses from whatever you contributed and whatever it gained and not have to pay you know taxes on that money that you're going to be using for medical purposes. That's the really the number one benefit of the HSA. But a side benefit is being able to use it for anything you want as you get to that age of 65 to retire. Of course, laws can change, rules can change. We see that with the government all the time, but that's a perk about having an HSA that I would include with the 401ks and the IRAs and you know your solo 401ks, all those different accounts that you can invest your money in. Question three, how much do I invest? Ideally, you're going to want to be able to invest the maximum allowed into these different retirement savings accounts. And taxable accounts, you really don't have any limit. But whatever the government allows you to be able to invest in a 401k and IRA, I'm looking to try to max those out as much as I can. I want you to get into the mindset of saving at least 20% of your income, at least 20% of your income. If you make $15 an hour, right? What is that? $3, $3 per hour that you're taking from that $15 and you're putting into your retirement accounts, you're putting into your taxable accounts. So total 20% minimum, right? Ideally, I would like you to get into that 30 to 50% range. That's just me. That's just my personal. We're not there yet. My wife and I, we're not there yet, but we're working toward getting there. You know, when you got kids and all this other stuff going on, you want, you're not going to be able to do those things, right? But we are in that like 20% range. This is exactly kind of where I feel comfortable being to save for our retirement. So that's where we are right now with the goal of trying to get to 30 to 50%. What you need to understand, folks, is that the more you save and invest, the faster you can get to retire. Many financial personalities suggest you should be saving, you know, at least 10 to 15% of your income. And basically what this means that a 25-year-old who invests 20, 10% of his 20,000 annual salary in an S&P 500 index fund for 40 years can possibly retire for with $1.6 million, right? That 25-year-old just saves 10%. That's it, just 10% of his salary. $20,000 annual salary. Of course, it's growing, right? He's getting promotions and raises and all that. So that average, that, that number $1.6 million is really like the base, right? The minimum. And uh, this is based on past studies of the average of all the 40-year returns of the S&P 500 since 1928. And I'll put a link in the description, put a link in the show notes uh, for that resource, that article that was written by one of the people I look up to, Paul Merriman. But one big key and remarkable aspect of someone retiring in 40 years with that $20,000 annual salary. They're investing $173 per month for 40 years and earning about $1.6 million. How much you actually contributed was only about $83,000 or 5%, right? 5% of the total earnings 
you contributed and the rest was compound interest. The rest was that compound interest that helped you build that snowball. So there is a huge benefit, right? To saving more and saving often. So if you're someone who's just like, look, $173 a month for the next 40 years, I'm cool with that. I can do that. You know, over the span of 40 years, you retire a millionaire, right? And only came out of pocket $83,000 to get there. At the same time, you you give yourself the options to have an additional savings account on the side, pay off your house, fund college for your kids, travel, donate to charities, donate to your families, help other people out, right? And so many other things that you want to do. All the while, you stay diligent and just saved $173. And I really hope that people can see that almost everyone can do this, right? Obviously, there are circumstances that keep people from investing even a dollar. But I think the average family, the average person can do $173 a month. Even if they can't do more, they realize, okay, this is going to be a 40-year process. You really have to understand that compound interest is going to work in your favor if you start early and if you save often and if you stay consistent with it. Number four, what do I invest in? I think this is going to be the most important part of this podcast, the most important part of this presentation, because this is the part that I believe scares a lot of people from investing in I personally do understand the fear because I was once there myself, but I want you to think about exactly why you're investing. You got to go back to the why, right? And remember, when you invest in a stock, you're depending on the success of the company, right? That you bought the stock from, right? You're hoping that they're going, they're doing everything by the book. They're being right. They're being straight with you and all the other investors. Now, when you do this for one company, that's something I don't like, because you're putting essentially all your eggs in one basket. When you invest in a stock, you're depending on the success of one company you bought a stock from. Now, doing this for one company is something you never want to do because if that company fails, then you fail with it. So leave investing in single stocks to folks like Warren Buffett. So the question now becomes, okay, so how do regular folks like us invest in the stock market? And the answer is mutual funds and more specifically, Index funds allow someone to invest in a range of companies, okay, a range of different asset classes and industries at one time. So you actually stay very diverse and mitigate or reduce the amount of risk, you know, that you would have had otherwise with one company. And I think it's important to, to for everyone to have some you know, different number of index funds in their investment portfolio, their retirement portfolio. One of the important parts of investing in mutual funds, index funds specifically, is to keep the expenses low. And I'm talking about keep them as low as you can. You can always ask your brokerage firm that you're investing with or whoever's managing your money, what are my fees? What are the fees that I'm getting charged? And if they say 1%, 2%, you got to run. I mean, you got to run away. And, and, and never look back. Go find someone who's not going to charge you more than 1%, I would say. You know, sometimes you, you might have to pay that 1%, right? A provider has to charge you that 1% just because I've seen my wife's 401k before in, in, in previous jobs. And it was gut-wrenching to see how much in fees she was paying. But then I look at other companies where, I, you know, you probably could come out, you know, 0.05%. So five basis points, which is very good, which is very good total on your account every year. But there are companies that charge 1%. So if you're talking about 
you see the average and the average annual rate of return for the S&P 500 depending on who you talk to it could be 10% 8% someone like me who gets charged 5 basis points that 10% goes down to 9.95% but then somebody who has a 1% fee that 10% goes down to 9% and if you do the math you're talking about millions over 30 40 year periods that you're losing out on because of that fee. So important to understand, fees matter, right? It may not be one of the more important parts of investing, but it is one of those boxes to check. The index fund video that I made, it'll be in the description and it should be showing up on the screen right now. So if you wanna take a look at that video and just see what's going on with it, I'll see you over there. I hope that these questions are questions that you'll be able to answer fully. Get these four questions out of the way, start your investing career right now, and just do what you got to do to make sure that you secure your financial future. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Peace.